at the beginning of this year, pre-COVID, I came up with a hashtag. And the hashtag was make 2020 your bitch. Yeah. Make 2020 your bitch. <laughs> and hashtag. I just looked up at my mirror the other day because it's been sitting there ever since. And I was like, I was like, yep, 2020 is almost done. I think I can check that one off the list. Thank you for tuning in to the Austin All Day Podcast. Welcome to 2021, and we are here with Austin Artisan, Chef Mike Wards, and Chef Corey. The podcast is brought to you by JBG Organics. Get on jbgorganic.com and order yourself a CSA box, everything grown straight from Johnson's Backyard Garden. Use coupon code ALLDAY at checkout for 10% off your order, and turn people onto this, folks. All right. Enjoy the podcast. What did you write? Oh, Blanton's. It's a special bottle of Blanton's. It's not your ordinary bottle of Blanton's. Yeah, it's a uh, barrel pick from a client of mine. Beautiful. Corey, can I hear you real quick? Yes. Get get closer to the mic. Closer? There you go. You almost want to be kissing it. Okay, real close. (laughs) I haven't been this close to anybody for a while, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And Finn is... uh, He's nosy, but uh, so. he'll be eight. All right, guys. So, say so you're a cat person, so I like dogs too. Oh, okay. I just have a cat, doesn't define me. Understood. Well, Chef Michael Wards, yes, Chef Corey, yes, brought your brought your Sue along with you this round. So, technically, Chef de Cuisine these days. Well, okay. I guess technically Sue, but so she will become Chef de Cuisine in the next 30 days. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. So, she's Thank our you. Sue now. She knows that, so I'm not telling her anything she doesn't already know. Oh, my we God. Just, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. I mean, she pretty much controls creative and everything for the business these days. Hi. Like awesome. I say, stand around and look pretty. So, there you go. <laughs> that's, my, that's my job. I love it. So, cheers, guys. Yeah. Salute. Thank you for coming back in. Uh, opening that ranch rider. Nice. Mm-hmm. Salud. Ranch yes. rider spirits, the official beverage of the Austin All Day podcast. Yes, I may have to get a taste of that just to check it out. And this is for for those we didn't mention Austin Artisan, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Personal, private chef. Personal and private. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny the the term personal and private is kind of watered down these days, right? I think a lot of folks in our in our world, like five years ago, I kind of would get my. Feathers in a ruffle of, no, 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 we're not private chefs. There's a big difference. Well, yeah, and, personal is like one person. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I You're was their I, chef. I used is to that tell the like, distinction. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get real granular with it, like a private chef is typically one chef for one family, right? And so typically they're just an employee of the family traditionally. Okay. okay. Right. Like uh, I think Mark Wahlberg has a very pop, a very popular private chef. That, yeah. you know, oh, he, has his, he has his own Instagram. Anyway, but yeah. A lot of the a lot of the chefs these days that are making their way in the world as personal chefs, uh, the mo- the business model is a little different. It's you know have a book of clients and do a variety of different things. Nice, so. spice of life. Yeah. It's funny because y'all have some crossover here. We do. We've had a little talk about it. Yeah, yeah. vaguely. Yeah, uh, we, we. I mean, he's it. been doing it for what now? How, how long you been? Almost doing eight it? years. Eight years. Mm-hmm. So Close to a decade. Did either of you or yourself, Corey, do any private chefing ever? Or uh, we're personal. Wait, wait, which is it? <laughs> so we're personal chefs. So yeah. have you ever done any private Like chef? for one family? Yeah, for no. one family. No. No, no. 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 I came from, I mean, Corey's restaurant chef. I came from the hotels and the restaurant world as well. So. Right. As oh, did uh, I'm restaurant chef, yeah. chef Danny. So for those who haven't listened to the first episode, yeah. I guess we can touch on a little bit of what Austin Artisan is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, go for it. Sure. So, uh, personal kind of a high end personal chef services company here in Austin. We we've known, I guess, really what we've been known for our flagship service are really our high end dinner parties. Um, we also do a customized weekly meal service um, and also offer private jet catering. So, those are three worlds that we kind of dabble in. Isn't it funny when th- things reoccur? Because Vish was doing Vish was a, a private jet. Uh, Chef, and so that was on Monday. Yeah, hmm. he was just private in here. jet catering. How does that work? You guys prep it all ahead of time, and then what? What service is that? So, I mean, in in the in the culinary world, if you'll think like a traditional caterer, just specializing specifically in private jets. Yeah, you um, have to get it to a certain level because they have the equipment on, on the plane, jets? right? No, Sorry. we don't fly. 
we we just take it to the FBOs to the okay. terminals and drop it off. Um, it, it's just you know the reason that your run of the mill caterer doesn't typically participate in this is because turnaround times are extremely tight. Like they want food inside twenty four hours, oh. um, and it's got to be delivered to the airport. And there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through. Um, so it's it's a niche within a niche, yeah. right? Um, and What's happening is, is there's a, I won't name the name, but there is a very significant company here in town that does it, that doesn't do it very well. And so a lot of companies like mine are being able to come in and kind of fill the gaps. Nice. So. That's a good opportunity. Yeah. Is, it, is it lucrative? It, it, not yet. <laughs> okay. We're just, we're just getting off the ground. So, I mean, in any, you know, in any type of when you create a new service line, you know, there's a lot of money you got to plow into it on the front end, right? Right. To get it up and running. But it will be, I mean, by the end of 2021, it will be rocking and rolling. Um, I mean, we've even talked about how, um, you know, Corey and I've talked about how when we get to a point where it's gained critical mass, we may divide out operations and yeah. like have a production facility closer to the airport. New segment of business. Yeah, and almost almost segment out production for the different sides of the business. So let me ask you a question. Did you notice a difference uh, in private travel this year? Yeah, I mean, it bottomed out too. Yeah. Um, and we, so we launched our service about three weeks, three weeks before the shutdown. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, well, we had, so the way we got, so a little backstory. So the way we got into this was we've been actually cooking for a specific family that owns a fleet of jets. Okay. They had a flight attendant that would book directly with us. And um, she worked with us for years, two or three years. And eventually, and kept saying, man, you guys really, you know, I know a ton of flight attendants. I know a ton of folks that would love your service. You just tell me when you're ready because, you know, when you open the floodgates, it, the, the, the calls are going to come. And so I, I was a little apprehensive. We weren't quite ready. And then finally I was like, well, let's just throw spaghetti against the wall and see what happens. Um, and when we got everything in order and got our ducks in a row, we felt ready to go. COVID came, Boom. and so yeah, <laughs> and so we backed away from it. Um, and we, you know, we can get into it, but we definitely we like everybody. We had to pivot during yeah. the shutdown, um, and uh, essentially tightened our production and really focused on what we were good at, which were the dinner parties and the meal service, and let the jet service uh, component kind of. Just sit and be there when it was. Yeah, be there, and and so we've we've begun we've begun reengaging with the terminals, and they're ready to go. We're just fine tuning our processes on the back end. So, so with can, all that, you've got three different aspects of your business. Mm-hmm. You have to have a uh, um, operation that can handle all of the logistics and everything for it. That's Corey. Yeah, yeah. How Corey's the guys, mastermind behind all that. I like it. Well, being comfortable enough to go into something like that. How how large is your team right now? I mean, you've got a chef de cuisine here. So chef de cuisine, um, I have a meal service manager. So I have a chef. We've kind of, I've done a little bit of different approach. So typical culinary businesses are very, very vertical, right? You have a chef de cuisine and then Sue's that report to them. So we've kind of segmented things out. So Corey is essentially my chef de cuisine. So she manages any and all things creative. Um, she writes menus. She's She oversees everything that happens in the kitchen and then just reports up to me. Um, <clears throat> I then have a... Chef, I mean, if you want to call him a sous chef, his title is technically prep uh, meal service manager. His his goal is just directly manage our meal service. Corey also still manages our both of the catering, so the dinner parties and the private jet. Um, eventually, we'll have someone come in that manages those pieces. Corey oversees the whole mm. process. So you you procure everything. Yes, mm-hmm. write all the prep lists, do all the. All the things, yeah. yeah. Um, the meal service manager now takes over um, writing that specific prep list, but like I just go behind him and make sure he's got all done, and I still do his ordering. But yeah, for the most part, all the prep lists, all um, any and all produce products that we need for. Yeah, are y'all work. like a twenty-four hour operation? Um, sometimes it feels like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> right now. Yeah, right now. Right now it feels 24-7 for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's crazy. Luckily, we just decided to kind of divide that meal service, and that will that allows me to have some days off. Yeah. Before that, it was pretty much every day. If so I you're doing meals like Snap Kitchen kind of stuff? Um, A little less cooked. So mm-hmm. everything that we do, like if 
you order a piece of chicken, it's par grilled, but it's still raw in the middle. Mm-hmm. So if you, when you get it to your house, you turn on your oven, preheat it. About thirty minutes later, you have dinner. Mm-hmm. And you get directions and everything. Yeah, for label it beautiful. Yeah, I mean, our, our our kind of our niche in that world is we are the only really meal service in town that does really super highly customized meals. Mm-hmm. So you so know, it's, it's not a menu; it's they choose kind of. Um, no, we write a menu specifically for you. So we'll write a menu for you. We'll write a separate menu for Jason. Okay. We'll write a separate menu for Corey. Now we have ways on the back end to streamline that process, yeah. right? But we do, but we do tweak things specifically to each family so that they all have their specific needs met. And then, yeah, being able to offer a essentially like an oven ready meal versus yeah. like Snap Kitchen where it's just you know microwave ready. Mm-hmm. That way we we can offer a much better product that, Mm -hmm. you know, like I tell my clients is you're going to experience food as if you cooked it from scratch, but you didn't, you only had to do, take it the last 10% of the way, right? We charge down the, we charge down the goal line and then put the ball in the one yard line, handed you the ball and you ran it in for the touchdown kind of thing. That's a good way to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, again, it's, you know, I've been really, I've, I've kind of gained my I, my secret sauce, if you will, is just really trying to carve out a little my little niche in the world and just do things just a little different, mm-hmm. you know. And that's that's kind of what's kind of got us where we are. I mean, that's kind of the life of a chef, right? I mean, there really is. Yeah. No, we were talking about this earlier. There's no real original thought, no. You know, so how can you tweak it mm-hmm. to get it to fit you? Make yeah. it make it your own. Yeah. Um, Corey, how long have you worked with Chef Michael here? I think it's just about a year and a half, almost yeah. two years. Yeah. Not that almost. long, but um, she, def- probably, she probably tells you it feels like eons. <laughs> it feels like <laughs> those twenty-four hour days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it was. I've been working in restaurants my whole entire culinary career, and are you in Austin, right? Uh, no, I'm originally from California, but I've lived all over the okay. United States. So I made my way here about five years ago, and about a year and a half ago, decided I just didn't want to do restaurants anymore, yeah. and just. What By accident. That? What? What was it? It's just the life yeah. of, you know, you're always cooking other people's food unless you're the chef de cuisine at a restaurant. But still, you're. it's so mundane after a while. There's not, you know, for weeks at an end, you're just cooking the same thing. And you don't have the long days, the customers, the hours. You're kind of getting burnt out. Yeah. So did you find him by chance or were you looking for it? I mean, I was looking, but I didn't know I was looking for this. I just was looking for something in the culinary world that let me be creative that that wasn't a restaurant. And I didn't know what that looked like at the time. And I just stumbled upon some ad on Indeed. And I was like, well, I'm going to try this. And I, you know, a few weeks later, I was in his kitchen firing people and. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yes. And taking over. So um, it was, it's. And definitely, you know, in the time of COVID, it was a right move. We've, unfortunately, I hate to say this, out, we're not restaurants and restaurants are not doing so well. And right. we've, you know, it's kind of um, survivor's guilt. We're doing a lot better. Yeah. But um, I think it's fair to put it like that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's a great way to put it. I never thought the term survivor's guilt, but that's, yeah. that's exactly it's the way perfect. I feel. Yeah. I, I want to be excited for, you know, how well we're doing, but I also feel bad because I, think I was. I was part of those restaurants. You know, if I was, if it was a year and a half ago, I'd be in the same situation as everybody else. I and left in November. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's it's an interesting dynamic, right? Because we all have friends and, you know, we all are hard, kind of, we all came from that space, right? So mm-hmm. you still, you know, you, it's difficult to kind of watch it. <clears throat> Deteriorate? Yeah. I was going to say. crumble. Yeah. Like implode. Yeah. Implode right? is one thing. Um, well, I, I, I think it, now the aftermath is. called the great sort of, reset. Well, and I'll tell you what's really, yeah. uh, what's been, you know, to, to find a silver lining to it is it's been fascinating as, you know, it's, it, there's an interesting duality here between watching some, you know, some great establishment, some kind of, you know, stalwart restaurants here in Austin just kind of go away. And at the same time, watch great chefs and great restaurateurs innovate and pivot, mm-hmm. right? I mean, watching, um, I mean, I I think of like, 
I mean, the first one that comes to my mind is Philip Spear and Gabe Aralis over there at Commodore and what they did with Assembly Kitchen mm-hmm. and that's genius. All the things they did. I mean, you know, they kept within their brand, but they were able to leverage the whole virtual component. Um, you know, it's the whole cooking. Th- the cooking classes thing has just never been a, a passion of mine, and so I. We I kicked that can around for a couple of weeks. This was that was that a pool we wanted to jump into, and I just I, I said no. I want to stay in my lane. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know Corey said it that that guilt because we as an organization heard you know be real direct like we have we are doing better than we ever have right mm-hmm. and so we're continuing to grow and scale and be successful and so it's just hard to sit and watch our friends yeah struggle as we as we find success and i mean you got out at the right time mm-hmm. unfortunately the phrase is getting out yeah you know i mean uh, that's that's a way to describe it for sure is getting out and many people do like oh i finally got out and yeah. <laughs> you know i went to school for this i i you signed I, up for it i signed up for it but right. i you know i got out and um i think that also with everything that's going on it may bring a really good change to the industry and, yeah. and like you said reset a reset and i think that's a really great thing because there's a lot wrong with the industry um, i was having a conversation today and you know i mean it's the the, the organizations that were very thoughtful about how they operated their business mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and those who were you know now there's 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 both sides of the coin here but those that were not running tight operations you know probably didn't make it yeah you know um i mean you go downtown you got like 80 percent gone it's it's been it's been tough to see so this success yeah you attribute it to folks not going out and wanting someone coming to their home it's safer for sure well you know if you if you step back and you look at buyer behavior over the last three to five years and you look at the culinary world in a macro you see that um, just the idea of bringing food to people versus people coming to food, that trend has been gaining critical mass, right? <laughs> through the deliveries and through just things being more accessible. Um, I think what happened was that COVID was a skyrocket. Yeah. That. I mean, it was, it was a, it was either a, uh, a roller coaster. That shot people up, or it was a brick wall that people ran flake. You know, that trend is yeah. like everything is available. Mm-hmm. Like people don't want to go to the movies because you can mm-hmm. just get HBO Max right. and watch half. Everything's day. available at, at your house. Yeah, yeah. That that idea of instant gratification, right? Yeah, right there. It, which is it's sad when you say that because well, although you guys do the private and personal personal deal it's so lovely to go out to eat it is right? lovely but it I mean, is i mean i love to go out to eat right? i'm sure it's lovely i love to go out to yeah eat. but when you create a an experience for somebody that's also special and during covid i mean a lot of a lot of people that are probably your clients have spent time and effort and money in their kitchens to make mm-hmm. it uh more fun well and you know what we what we've seen is <clears throat> like i said buyer behavior has certainly shifted um in you know, we started seeing a lot of folks that would, you know, I, I keep telling people, if I had a dollar every time someone called me and said, so normally during my husband's birthday, we would go rent a room at mm-hmm. X restaurant. Yeah, yeah. We just either can't do that, don't feel comfortable with it, or our guests don't want to do it. So we're going to do it at home. Um, so, you know, it's like I tell folks, I never built a business to be designed to be thriving in this environment. It just kind of happened that yeah. way. You so, fit, a, you fit a, well, a, thank a, God. a need. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's in, you know, I don't know if we touched on it on, my, on the last time I was here, but just how I got here is really interesting because I initially went into culinary school and thought that I was going a totally and completely different direction with well, food. Yeah, refresh us. Right? So I initially came out of culinary school uh, with the idea of my wife's a chiropractor. She does holistic medicine. And so there's this kind of wonder twins activate idea we had where I would go and be a personal chef and I mm-hmm. would cook for families, but I would do this kind of culinary medicine thing. Mm. Um, and, I you know, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if we 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 went down I, some rabbit holes. I'm last intrigued time. by that. That's this is good. Um, so the healer. Yeah, and so you know, in fact, to kind of give you uh, a, a, an example of that is so we had this idea. In fact, we even built a website for it Ada where like um, we would write a cookbook, and my wife, being you know 
functional medicine doctor, holistic doctor, is we would pick an ingredient, like for example, cinnamon, and she would tell you all the all the homeopathic the and, and and the things it does for the body, and then I would write recipes of how to incorporate it into your diet. So that was all well and good cinnamon when I was sugar in, toast, of course, right? of course, right. cinnamon first toast crunch. toast crunch. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Cereal um, milk. Right. Yeah, and then so what happened was is that then I went and started working in uh, restaurants like Second Bar and Kitchen mm-hmm. and learned about awesome things like foie gras and uh, you <laughs> know. All, Sorry, of you mean. <laughs> All of the things that you're not, that, you know, that are not that don't help you. your body. Yeah, where's the not. healing? Yeah. You got to heal after this one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> balance. And, and um, just kind of, that's where I got that, pardon the pun, but that taste or that flavor, that desire for that high-end culinary experience. Mm-hmm. And it really shifted my entire perspective. And I specifically remember the day <clears throat> after I had started my business, I was probably three weeks, three months into this. And I had a business coach and I was, she was, we were kind of going through some initial stuff. And she said, you know, you're going to need to tell your wife that that like you don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> She's like, you know, you, you're, when are you going to have that conversation? And so, um, yeah, I mean, I had to sit down and say, so, you know, babe, about this whole Ward's wellness thing. So it's not really my jam anymore. And wow. so, uh, yeah, and then kind of, and then as you say, like everything's history, you know, it's all history from there. So. Well, how, so is she still doing that? Oh, yeah. She's got a very successful, thriving chiropractic practice here in town as a, actually, her, uh, her Close clinic's by. right off of, Slaughter, yeah, just on the side of Main Shack. Well, very cool. Yeah. So you had some knowledge in this kind of like the healing properties of mm-hmm. food. That's. Do you ever try to continue to incorporate some of that now? Um, I know enough to be dangerous. Yeah. Right. Um, I would say that it's not a passion of mine professionally. You know, the way I eat at home, the way my family, kind of the dietary world, kind of what yeah, we eat yeah. dietarily at home um, is probably not like most chefs, not most restaurant chefs at least, right? Uh, We predominantly eat gluten-free, dairy-free, stuff Mm -hmm. like that at home, right? Um, uh, I think for me is that since we do this customized meal service is on occasion we do receive clients that just have a very specific, unique need. And my competitive advantage is I can talk to them on that level. That's that's a good... And... and I can also, since I can also sometimes telegraph their needs before they do. You have to write questions. And many instances, I can tell them, we're not the right fit for you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because Corey can tell you, we've taken on some clients before that have been super, super, have had very unique, distinct needs. And what we've come to find is that they, uh, it just becomes a, it gums up the works. Yeah. Right. Now, and and am I, I mean, doing that, and when you have like an assembly line or whatever, and doing that one completely different yeah. item, we have to clean everything yep. first. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Is it worth it? I was well, wondering what examples might be, but might not want to open that bag up. I, I mean, examples are like folks that do super, super autoimmune type stuff. Yeah. And so, so like so the elimination like said, diet, like, right? Yeah. So like the elimination diet where you can't do any uh, any nightshades or gluten or dairy where literally it's just clean proteins and like green leafy vegetables. Well, that's great. What ends up happening is we had a client that ate that way, except we needed to cook seven days a week, three meals a day. Imagine when your when your ingredient list is you know three inches long, you meet, you quickly run out of things to cook, oh, and yeah. you have to. Yeah. How do you do Brussels sprouts for the third time and make it interesting, <laughs> right. right? Without throwing bacon or you know maple syrup or something on it that none of that you can have. So yeah, it 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 cre- it, it part of the and I know this because I you know when I built this business, one of the things I wanted to create was I wanted to create a workspace for chefs to come in to feel like, and hopefully Corey can echo yeah. this, is to feel like they can cook their own food. Yeah. And then it's, you know, well, like Corey said, it's not repetitive. Mm-hmm. Since we do custom menus on, on all platforms, it's always something new and different. In fact, it's kind of the complete opposite of a restaurant. We never perfect anything just you're about, always revolving yep mm-hmm. pretty much basically about the time that we've really dialed in a dish it's like all right it's time for something new because yeah. we get sick and tired of cooking it so um and so in that world 
you when you bring in clients with just such a really tight um, goalpost of what you can cook, it almost becomes counterintuitive to to what we do. Yeah. So you found a fashion for the the French culinary buttery scene. <laughs> yes. what, what about what about the cooking? Do you feel like you can cook your own style I, of food? I definitely. I think um, Michael lets me. He's never told me not to do anything. He's like. Hey, let's do it. How do we do it? Yeah. I've never heard of this. Can you tell me more? Uh, so it's really great. And it's also, I get to use farm, like local farms is my favorite thing. And that's... Um, do, you, do you have any farms? Sorry to interrupt you. Um, that you like a lot? I mean, we use, right now, we use a lot of farm to table because they deliver. Okay. And yeah. it makes it easier. Uh, JBG also, yeah. we use yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, I love Dorsey from Hosbar for our garnishes. Believe it or not, we're the caterer or private chef that uh, plates things with tweezers and garnishes. Yeah. And I love that. I love to be able to showcase. Um, He's got tweezers in his truck. Yeah. We do have tweezers. <laughs> <laughs> I love to be able to showcase all the local um, produce that. Austin has mm. and Texas. It's a great city for that. Yeah. It's, so I'm like, this is from Texas. So uh, it's really great olive oil. You can get really good olive yeah, oil. Texas olive Speaking oil company. The citrus yeah. is now available at JBG. Yeah. yeah yes. They get the, uh, um, the G and, what is it? G and S. G and S. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I mean, Corey's been a game changer for us, right? I mean, sincerely. And I'd say this whether she was sitting next to me or not. I mean, her ability to come in and elevate our food. She's brought in, um, I mean, I'd never worked with Dorsey prior to, I'd work with JBG and farm to table to a bit, but um, I mean, her depth of knowledge on food mm. and sourcing and, you know, she came in and I said, here's the keys to the kingdom, right? Here's the goalpost, keep it between, you know, don't, don't put us in the, in the ditch, but go. And she's just, she just killed it. Oh, so well, I, congratulations. I like, yeah. I like your, uh, your style of your your choices and and being an ambassador to... for the local farms and mm-hmm. ranchers Absolutely. in town. Dude. I yeah. mean that's that's incredible. That's that's what we can do to give back as chefs. It's uh, always been a passion of mine to be farm to table to use as much as I can. Um, coming from California, where everything's farm to table, it's not hard. But yeah. here in Texas, where the growing season for anything is really short, except for kale, you can get kale and char all year long. <laughs> all year long. Um, it's just not the. Um, it's not the same as California, so it's trickier. It's harder, and sometimes the look of the produce that you're getting is really not so appealing to the eye. Ugly fruit. Yes, but it's it's delicious. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. Like the citrus here, it's it looks horrible, but when you open it up, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It yeah. tastes great. So learning <clears throat> different tricks to, um, I do a lot of preserving, especially with oh, yeah. citrus, because it. It looks better. You don't have, you know, to deal with the outside. The bruising. The bruising and stuff. So um, it's been a great challenge to, you know, I also went to school in Vermont. So produce there, worked in Oregon, produce there. It's easy to use their produce. Isn't it crazy when you're over there in that part of the country where Mm -hmm. they have like the marine layer and everything? Mm -hmm. You're driving down the road and you see on the side of the road 10 uh, artichokes for a dollar. Yeah. You're like, it's crazy. (laughs) And the cost is is a little bit higher here too to deal with the, you know, it's just so hot and it doesn't cool down at night. And that's the issue that that Texas has with growing produce. So um, it's been fun and it's been a challenge to see what there is and how I can use it. And then as soon as I have an idea and I can't source it locally anymore is always a frustration. So I've learned to be very vague with my terms on my menus for clients. (laughs) We make a lot of pico here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Salsa. Throw that on the Brussels sprouts. Yeah, yeah, pico on the sprouts. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, we've um, um, lost my train of thought. Anyway. Yeah, it'd be great to use more uh, local farms, like, it, but just finding them um, without farm to table is yeah. difficult. Well, I know, mean, they're such a great. I mean, Sam and and uh, Zed, what's his Ed. name? Is it Ed? John. John Lash. John Lash. Yeah, uh, those guys have really brought something special to Austin. Yeah, they have. You know, um, you know, I, I remember back in the day whenever they were starting out, you know, and they would drive. Um, they still do. Mm-hmm. They drive all over the state and get bring it back, mm-hmm, and you know, you mm-hmm. get. Oh, Sam's favorite. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He likes to drive because he goes on the drive and he gets his time and yeah. he gets to connect with the farmers. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember when we were so small that I wouldn't even qualify for deliveries. Yeah, you so pick it I up. would have to oh. drive out. And I don't even know if they're still out there. They were out um, out towards the airport off of like I off Montopolis the area. Yeah. It's, it's, it's is it still there? It's, yeah. It's over towards like by where Ranger Cattle is out there. You know, yeah. Out MLK. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. No, oh, no. So they've moved then. So, so, yeah, they got a big warehouse now. So mm-hmm. when I was there, it's like, if you know where Howdy Honda is. Or, yeah. Yeah. So they used to be over there off Montopolis and all that. So I, I remember going back, I'd go and pick up little things and microgreens. This is when I was like a little one-man show. But, it's uh, funny how all the microgreen operations have popped up around town, yeah. too. And mushrooms also. Yes. Yes. Pretty neat. I mean, especially during the COVID deal. You know, a lot of people, like you said, pivot, have, mm-hmm. have tried to figure out, like uh, the chef from uh, Lucky Robot. What's his name? Uh, Be- Chef Lucky uh, Julio. J- oh, Flores. Jay. I was thinking Jay, but so he's no longer with Lucky Robot. Yeah, he was. And now, right. whenever whenever uh, uh, COVID Biru? came around, he, start, Biru. Biru. he started yeah, the, yeah. Uh, um, the Peruvian yep. out uh, of restaurant house. out of his house. And now Taking he's doing, orders pri- he's doing private chef dinners. Wow. Yeah, he's wow. killing it. And he's, he's bringing his kids for, for the dinners and teaching them the business. Nice. nice. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's one thing is that I've, um, it's one thing that I, I, I know a lot of, a lot of folks out there worry or I've, I've, I've been asked lately, so, you know, do you feel threatened? Do you, what do you feel about all this kind of up, uprising or upspring of chefs in the market? And I'm like, I love it because the more chefs that are here, the more exposure us as an entire uh, sub industry becomes, ex, you know, people learn more about it. I mean, my biggest <clears throat> for the first, I guess what, five years of my business, I my biggest challenge was educating people that would call because they would say, so I want to do like a dinner party at my house, but I don't really want to cook. And I was wondering if someone could come, like, can you drop it off? Or, and I'm like, absolutely. It's exactly like, you know, we don't drop it off. We're going to come cook in your house. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we do. And it's going to be almost like this really fine dining restaurant. Exp- they're like, do you mean you guys do that? I'm like, not only do we do mm-hmm. it, but we're freaking badass at it. Like we right. specialize in it. <laughs> and so now the conversations are much different. Like I said, as I feel like the general public is becoming much more educated. You've built trust. We've built trust. But I think it's also because our our industry, like I said, the sub industry as a whole is growing. And so every time you book a client, every time everyone books a client, it's just continuing to expand out that knowledge mm-hmm. of, okay, this, this service exists. Um, and then we're all, and cause I'm just, I don't know. I, I don't have the famine mindset. Like well, I agree. Can, there's enough business for all of us in this town. It can keep growing and growing for and sure. like become, bring awareness. And then like only the good ones are going to stick around. Well, I mean, think about the, the, it's the a win-win. think about the breadth of Austin. Now think about how big mm-hmm. Austin and the pockets and the, all the people moving here from places that are used to having private chefs, sure. personal chefs. Sure. Oh, is, you that, know? is that new to Austin? Is that like the, this this business? I mean, you've been in it longer than I mean. There's a couple other guys that have been in around as long as you. Have. I mean, I would say so. I've been at eight years. I mean, when I think about the big guys, I've been at eight years. Ryan over a gathering floor, yeah. which has been at like five or six. Um, I think the OGs. What I think OGs are like, like Eric at Culinary Misfits. Eric James. Um, there's another guy, Adam Sprout. Sprouts, personal sprouted, personal chef, something like that. He's been around for a long time. Um, so there's there's some again, there are some personal chefs. Well, shoot. Um, Chad Holt with the wandering chef. I mm-hmm. mean, he's that guy's been around forever. He just built his little and it's so I love Chad because he's built his little pocket of clients. I don't think I don't think he takes on any new clients. He's like, I'm just happy with the few I got. They keep me busy. I, you know, yeah, that's, um, that's a great place to be. It's a good place to be. It is. Yeah. I remember is. reading in a um, <clears throat> Ryan's blog, and he was saying like, whenever, whenever business first started, and whenever he he knew it was good or whatever, he was scared to death because mm-hmm. he said in his email was like hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars worth of business mm-hmm. that he hadn't even answered yet. Mm-hmm. I was yep. like, I got to be careful. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want that to happen. No. To no. No, well, and, and you know, I was just uh, I was in a an entrepreneurial group the other day, and I was talking about how some days I sit back and I think, okay, I've built a pretty successful business, and sometimes I sit back and I go, gosh, man, I think back when it was just me and just I was a one man band, and how things were a lot simpler, and sometimes I'm like, ah, do I, you know kind of yearn for those days a little bit, right? Like (laughs) when it wasn't the big issues I was dealing with now, it was, you know, crap, Central Market's out of bok choy. Where do I go now? (laughs) Like, you know, where do I go to get, I put bok choy in my client's menu out. Crap, I got to go find it. Like that was my big problem for the day. Yeah, Um, It's a good problem to have. It is. It is a good problem to have. In these days, yeah. And I mean, now though, I look back on just the team I've built and the company I've built and I'm just really proud of kind of where we're at. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world, Corey. It's a good story. (laughs) She's like, great. Is he trying to like fire all of us and take it back to the little time? No, I'm good. Uh, I'm curious. What, what, what's your hesitation for like getting in front of a camera and doing a little instructional video? Now why? Come on. 
Um, so I don't have any problems getting in front of a camera. All in right. fact, because you're on three cameras, right? Now. Yeah, no. Right. So it's not. Um, a in fact, I've been, you know, sidebar. So when I went to college, um, I used to get elated at the beginning of the year when the teacher, the professor handed out the syllabus and the final project was a presentation. I have no problems getting mm. up in front of a group of people, giving a presentation, oh, talking, that. public speaking. Well, if you know what you're talking about, that's I, true. Well, see, the thing is, is I'm such a great bullshitter <laughs> that I would wait till the night before. I would skim my notes. I would create an outline on a PowerPoint, prepeat on a PowerPoint, and I'd stand up and I would just have an outline and I would just wing it. He's got the gift of gab. Yeah. So that's what it is. <laughs> right so i've been told but it's also fresh in your mind it's not it's not true bad of a well I, I mean Me, I, I need to study and yeah like understand. i mean i'm not going to stand up and talk about like you know the the advanced uh tactics of chess or something something i don't know anything yeah. about right? right um you can learn about it on netflix but or to your question because i assume you're kind of asking about like cooking classes and stuff like that yeah you know the assembly kitchen was kind of yeah neat. So I don't have any aversion to getting in front of a camera. It's the cooking. It's the teaching cooking that I just. Oh. So we, what about like side by side? If you just had like, uh, you know, somebody staging with you, would you have a problem? Uh, not a problem, but would you not enjoy um, it? I, here's the thing. I cooking would never, open? I wouldn't, I, I don't mind doing it as uh, as a hobby. It's mm-hmm. not something that I want to build a business around. I but don't like have the master that. class on Instagram with like Aaron Franklin cooking the brisket. So, I mean, like I, I've done that, right? So I've built, you know, during COVID, oh, you did you, you'd have to dig into my Facebook lives, but oh, I think somewhere okay. in there I've There's done someone. some, I've done some instructional, instructional. stuff. Yeah. I was um, just curious. Here's how you yeah. break down a pork rack. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think what, actually, I think one of the ones I did, um, when I was testing it, as I did like knife skills and how yeah. to cut an onion. Okay, um, onions have and layers. How do you? I remember somebody asked that. Like, it was on. I was on. Did you get Facebook. a food processor and you throw it in. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but it was. It was like, how do you cut? It's like, how do you answer that without like showing? It? Yeah. You, <laughs> when you, you, you think about the onion, the onion is layers, right? So if you cut it top bottom off and you cut it in half and you're gonna have a bunch of layers i try i started attempting to like write and i was like you mm-hmm. can't type this this part confuses me like when you cut yeah. into this part i don't know so hamburger how do you do and that hot dog style hamburger and hot dog hamburger and ho- so you start out cutting it like okay. hamburger, yeah, but you don't need to do oh. that the hamburger, you and then you though. and then you cut it like a hot dog and then you gotta cut it oh, gotcha, gotcha. Way. i gotcha gotcha the, the 90 hamburger degree hamburger hot dog that's brilliant so you cut it like a hamburger you cut it like so you cut the top and the bottom turn it 90 degrees and cut it again like yeah Yes. That's where you get to. Yeah. That's yeah. where I should have been like, what? Hamburger hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Hamburger hot dogs. I mean, dogs. we pre COVID, so pre COVID, one of our clients, um, so we're the exclusive chefs for a, a very high end um, appliance, um, kitchen appliance company national brand and so we would be hired to go to different places in austin and san antonio to do demos in yeah. these kitchens right on their appliances and so what we would do is we would use these facilities to host our own private group cooking classes and part of those would be um i would do a little um safety briefing make sure you know this is how you don't because we have a bunch of you know office people right like dell would bring their people in so i this is how you don't burn or stab your neighbor these are kind of things about that <laughs> and then i give them a, a a demo and i would always do the okay so here's how we were taught in culinary school which like you say the worst thing you do is cut towards yourself and so the first thing they teach you is to cut an onion towards yourself yeah. and then i was like now this is how this is how like prep cooks and really professional chefs do it. And you, you cut it in half and then you you cut it into half moons and then do the whole tech, 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 right? Uh, so I, I've, I've demoed both of those before. And I think that going through that many times is where I just you lost your, I lost my taste for the teaching class. Cause those, like, damn it. I don't want to cut another fucking onion. Well, like it was hurting. because after six hours of hurting kittens, yes. yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to scratch my eyes out. Cause you well, get, if you're doing with it, onion especially fingers. to people who like, if you're staging, if somebody's staging on you, they want to know. Right? Sure. But if you're got, if you're teaching to like Dell folks, the, you're like, yeah. Who, who's retaining this? Yeah. Get back to your computers. Yeah. You have yeah, a bunch I don't of have tech any sh- nerds yeah. running around, right. kind of ADD, like, oh my God, what about this? I saw this one time on this one show. Like, yeah. I watched this one thing, and you're like, just, I'm Watch just how fast sh- I can cut the onion. <laughs> ah, my fingers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot to handle, and unless you have a real passion for teaching, like, I like mentoring. Like, I have an assistant right now that she's very green, but she's very eager to learn, mm-hmm. and that's fun for me to teach her, but to teach nerds 
on a computer that don't really little care. Different. Little different. Yeah. No offense, nerds. <laughs> no, no offense, nerds. nerds. You guys are great. We're all, we we're, need you. We're all you nerds. Fixed, we're all, I'm you a fixed my nerd. phone all the time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a different component. So yeah. we all have our we all have our passions, and so no. But you you know you said it, it's. It's a good thing you set this up when you did eight years ago, mm-hmm. whether or not you yearned for those days. Yeah. Now, you could be you know, stuck with the restaurant and trying to keep – because you, you mentioned when we got this going, you know, the kind of people pivoting and mm-hmm. like doing all these incredible mm-hmm. things. But there's been a lot of people who have attempted to pivot. Yep. And it's just still not, doesn't work. Doesn't yeah. work. It's just not well, and work. we, you know, we even stepped out of we even stepped out of our brand for a while just to survive, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've, you know, my brand has always been very high end, very luxury. You know, well, what kind you guys of, do? Well, for a while we were cooking thirteen dollar meal, thirteen dollar a, a serving meals for healthcare workers. Right? Okay. Was were because, you part of a group doing that? Well, we had basically um, there was a guy who was part of a five hundred c three here that was accepting donations, and then he would turn around and he would find restaurants and he would find chefs to basically pay for the meals. But obviously, you know, we charge sixty five bucks at least for a three course. That wasn't what he was looking for. You know, he's looking for you know something something economical just to kind of take care of the healthcare he- heroes type thing. Yeah, and so we you know we stepped out of what we would consider it was food that was off-brand for us, still quality, um, but just still that was a little off-brand for us just because we had to generate you know, we had to generate a little revenue there for a while just to keep the to keep the wheels in motion. Some folks are still doing that. Yeah. And you know, they're in the beat like we don't have it now. Um when you know, like May, April, excuse me, March, April, when obviously folks weren't doing dinner parties, we for a short period of time had basically a date night delivered package where yeah, it was a three course oven ready kind of high end menu. Cook-o-veen. Yeah, that that we would deliver, and you know, what you about could, wine and stuff? Y'all do wine service delivery? S- um, who's asking me? Not I want you to come to my house and deliver. No, I mean, you do service. You so, don't do- yeah, yeah, we do service. Yeah, yeah, we do service. So we will offer wine pairing suggestions. You know, we recommended offer wine. Recommended wines. I'll yeah. grab that for you yeah, if you'd yeah. like me to. Exactly, kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, we and we've always kind of been part of our. That's always kind of been part of our. Um, our offering is to offer the all the entire experience. Yeah, um, and, and I'm a firm believer that wine and booze is part of it. Right, it, it is. is. It's an experience. I mean, you're bringing you're bringing an elevated experience absolutely. into somebody's home. Absolutely. I, I, and I do feel quite rude here. And if that didn't have water in it, I would fill this up because it's ironic that if if anybody does go back and listen to the your first episode, it was in October. I know. Yeah. <laughs> we were both doing sober October. Oh, we then, were, were both we? then? Okay. I think so. So you haven't drank with each other either time? No. Yeah. And, and I feel kind of silly. I'm right supposed now. to not be drinking, but I, I enjoyed this uh, blend with you, sir. Yes. Yeah. Well, so I got this bottle back in May. And um, I was like, I had some of it, as we saw. I brought it. It was, not, it was already opened. And then I put it away. And I was reading. Um, I'm a part of a couple bourbon groups okay. on Facebook. S- smoking, smoking, smoke, smoking mash. Okay, cool. Was on that one. You know Nathan Pro? <clears throat> no, oh, I don't know, know any of the guys on there. Oh, I just, right. I just, I, I just joined recently. I'm a, I'm a newbie when it comes to bourbon. Okay. <laughs> um, but so I was reading through the comments of something recently, and one of the guys says, "Man." He's like, why? What are you waiting on? Oh. You know, he's like, there's, there's two great times to drink bourbon. The first day you buy it, and every day after. Like, <laughs> he's like, so I was like, you know, hell yeah! Like, what am I waiting for? I haven't seen Jason in a while, and you know, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna pull this that. This is a shame. I'm gonna dump that water out. I will, we'll, so we'll, say, yeah, yeah, man, jump. I'll jump go the water. for it. Go for it. You want you get some? Yeah, yeah. We Yay. can do this. We got. I gotta dig in tomorrow. Meridian Hive is coming. So the hell with it. Yeah. All right. There you go. So, so I mean, I, we, I I mean don't this let month me corrupt you. I'm going to corrupt him. Okay. I just, no, I don't. I think you're absolutely right. Every day after, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, just a little, just a little nip. Okay. So, cheers, chef. Salute. Hold on. Okay. So, sorry. I guess that was my way of finagling a drink. There you go. Sorry. I think well, well, <laughs> fina- well finagled. <laughs> well played, um, my friend. Yeah, but you you came in. In October, mm-hmm. and I was thinking as you were talking because it's kind of crazy how lovely life was in a way. It was. <laughs> it was normal. You, 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 you were here. We just had a, a podcast, and we mm-hmm. had you know, and then what? Five months, six months later, whatever it was, you know, the every, every the everything, everything happened. But I am, I'm, I guess I'm happy 
to have you in here again. Yeah. Thank you for bringing the burden, but not with some horrible story about what's going on. No, I mean, it's, um, again, is it's, uh, you know, we, I'm, I, I've, I've intentionally put my head down and just not paid attention to what's going on out in the world and just kind of kept, you know, take care of those around me and tried to make the right decisions. And, you know, we're still, we still are faced with challenging decisions with what's going on. I mean, yeah. we had a client the other day that kind of threw us a curveball, and I had to really look back on what are our company's core values? What's yeah. our, what's important to us. And so, um, I mean, it's interesting too, because um, I look back on, on COVID and I look back on the work that I did in November and right after your podcast, November, December, January, I really dug deep into some just like what kind of company culture do I want to build? What do I want my core values of this company to be? Uh, Cause we kind of hit the skids on some things and um, really had in, in, I mean, I look back on March and April of this year and I think, you know what? It was those core values that, that became the, the, yes. That, that we fell back on, you know, being a responsible steward of the community was the thing that came to me when someone approached me and said, hey, do you want to do $10, $12 meals for healthcare workers? And I'm like, well, gosh, that's really off brand for us. But hell yeah, like, you know, why not? We'll yeah. do it. Um, not only it's a win-win, we're helping, you know, yeah. we're helping the, those folks that were in the, in the crap, in the shits. And, you know, I'm able to keep my team employed, and and we were and you know, we were able to get through it. So, so you were doing a lot of those meals. Yeah. We did. There were a couple of weeks where we were doing hundreds of meals. Yeah, yeah that'll keep you busy. Right? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, let's make know, a, could, let's make a little cheers real quick. Cheers to, to, again. Yeah, there we go. Jason, how yes. you like that ranch rider? It's really Fan? good. I've never had it, but ranch I. Rider. So I have so I have to tell you. So I came into and Corey thinks this. Uh, Corey gets a kick out of this. Glad I did that. <clears throat> so at the beginning of this year, pre-COVID, I came up with a hashtag, and the hashtag was "Make 2020 Your Bitch." Yeah, <laughs> Make 2020 Your Bitch. <laughs> and hashtag. I just looked up at my mirror the other day because it's been sitting there ever since, and I was like, I was like, yep. 2020 is almost done. I think I can check that one off the list. Like, nice. I think I made 2020. My you know bitch. what happened in 2021, right? What's that? Mad Max. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thunderdome is coming. Was it Thunderdome? Yeah, you know, maybe. I think oh, it just depends yeah. on where you look in the world, but I think we're actually already there. We're already in Thunderdome. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Thunderdome. Oh, but yeah, we're not out of the woods, right? You know, no. like, yeah. But, it's, but you guys are doing good. I think, yeah, I think we're in a good spot to sustain. Yeah. Well, um, it's onward and upward. Try you know. But pouring this, the I'm, I'm curious. Um, I, you know, I asked this last mm-hmm. time, but we've got Corey here. It's good. It's good. You know, just your your favorite restaurants, your favorite places around to go town eat. Um, oh. or in Texas. I'll let Corey answer that one. I can tell you. Like I can't, but go ahead. Um, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Suerte would be my Suerte. favorite. I guess. Choice. I think that was the last. Good meal before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good stuff though, right? Yeah, really good. That's Killing it. that's my favorite place. Um, yeah, Derek Flynn, the pastry chef over there. Um, I've had a chance to work with him, and he, his pastries are amazing. So nice. <laughs> any oh, any wow. other spots? Uh, yeah, don't, you don't have to stop at one if unless you'd like to. I was going to okay. toss in there. Um, so we took the team. So shout out to Red Ash, mm-hmm. and particularly Jared, the server oh. over Red Ash. <laughs> oh, the the, art, the Austin artisan. Yeah, we took the whole there? team over there. Was, was it November when we did the team yeah. team? So just like in the last month, we went over there as as a as a company kind of team outing. We did Top Golf and then went to dinner over there. And um, you sit upstairs. That's solid food, man. No, we um, we had a, a table right there by the front door. Nice. Um, That's a good yeah. spot. That was man. great food. It, it was really good. Um, we splurged I, and got the tomahawk. Uh, yeah, it was ridiculous. What was the age on that thing? Forty something days. Forty something days. Yeah. Yeah. It was, they had the porterhouse when I was there last time. I had yeah. the tomahawk. Yeah. Man, I yeah. love that place. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, that was uh, it was amazing. <clears throat> I was nice. I was doing keto then, so there. Well, I still am. So there were a couple things I couldn't indulge in. Like no pasta. Time. I didn't do the pasta. I I, I take that back. Hope my okay, trainer, you get a bite. Hopefully my trainer's not listening. I did take a bite, but it didn't throw him. Not enough to throw me out of ketosis. <laughs> but yeah, it was I, I was all like, the wine he drank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I was tasting the wine. Yeah. So it's taste. you, you spit right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And what about yourself? Um, I mean, I I I still say to this day that Suerte was probably one of the best one of the best meals I've had. Good. Uh, I'm good. I'm a big fan of Suerte. Um. Um. 
uh, you know, Red Ash, I think is a, is a, is a top favorite of mine. Um, I, I gotta tell you, and being that we live like a golf shot away, I mean, Valentina's barbecue. Oh my gosh. Is I see it on, you got the sticker right here in your little <laughs> yeah, water bottle. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it talk about ridiculous. meat sweats, man. So <laughs> I was going to ask, I was going to ask favorite taco or favorite barbecue, but I think you just answered both yeah. of them. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The real deal, Holyfield, brother. There you go. Right there. I am That's uh, just loving a tortilla. I think you're planting a bug because I've wanted to get him in here, but it's time. Yeah, I mean, it's you time. know, we talk about the, the the fire pits and the names and all that kind of good stuff. I I was being spoiled. I wanted Aaron and Miguel. That would be a great conversation. That would be a good conversation. You hear that, guys? Mm. It would be. Uh, but it would be interesting to sit in a room with the two of them and just be a fly on I'm the wall. I'm just gonna sit back and just listen to the two of them, just like compare notes and on, go right. So, but I, they're they're both big fans of each other's barbecue. Sure. Yeah. Well, I just think I think that's Aaron's favorite is because um, and so I just watched Aaron Franklin's masterclass on, yeah. on in. Do you have to pay for that or can you just watch it? Well. You can watch like 25 I, seconds of I it. I may <laughs> or may not have procured a login from somebody. <coughs> print color. Print color. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you have to pay for it. Um, it I and, and funny thing is, is like a week before that, I was shopping for pellet smokers. And yep. after watching that, I was like, nope, uh, I'm going to have to go get the old offset. So... Um, we're getting a login number. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Me at my office. So you want a Traeger? Yeah. I so. thought about the Traeger, but like I said, after watching his, oh, after watching his, I, I was you. like, nope, nope. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do old school offset. Need to go. Yeah, man. So now right. I got to find someone to build. Me I got one. a buddy who, who has a uh, plasma cutter. He's got the uh, welder. He actually built a, I think it was a, um, a 500 gallon propane tank. He built it out of. See. All of my buddies are like, yeah, man, get this one and you put it on a trailer. I'm yeah. like, dude, I like, I I don't have that many. Like, <laughs> I I don't want to cook 29 briskets. I'll never eat it all. So uh, <laughs> I want one. I like one a nice four footer. Twelve is the amount amount of briskets that you want to cook. Twelve. Twelve briskets. Oh, what am I going to do with the whole with the other eleven and a half? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. You could, uh, you could offer that as like a, a hey, special, right? Yeah, to your I guess. Yeah. Right. Did you hear that, Corey? We're going. We're starting a barbecue business. <laughs> yeah, man. I'll join up with you on that. Stay in our lane. We should talk. I think that's worked pretty pretty well for y'all so far. Yeah. But look, I want to thank you for coming back out. Is there anything Austin Artisan like the your clients or anybody potential clients you should they would want to know? You know, I would say right now is you know what we're I, I want to talk to the service industry and just say if there's any chefs yeah. out there that are looking for um, a great place to come and learn and be a part of a uh, a great team of leaders. Um, my passion this year is to build. Uh, in fact, I'm already working on it. We're developing an entire leadership development program within my company. Beautiful. To where um, I, you know, Corey touched on it. The service industry has is not tr- historically been a healthy place to work. I want to change that and I want to create I mean my my goal is the Austin artisan doesn't become the best personal chef business in town. It becomes known as a leadership incubator yeah, in the culinary world. And so really what we're looking for right now is any chefs that are looking for um, a change of pace, either want to get out of the restaurant world. Um, we're always looking for great talent and for folks that want to grow and personally develop. And so that's what I would say. Um, I mean, obviously, anyone wants us to come cook for them. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, my passion right now is really supporting the the chefs in this town. That yeah, are, yeah. That are and that's struggling. who needs the support right now. <clears throat> Absolutely. It is. True. Absolutely. So, yeah. Thanks for having us out, guys. Thanks, awesome. guys. Thank you. Y'all Thank were you great. for coming. Come back anytime. For sure. Have to make it a not a, a year. Well, I mean, it's cool to be a year. I know. You know, and especially with the year that we've been through. It's going to savor it. We'll see you in six months. <laughs> yeah, right? See you in six exactly. months. Thank you. Bye, Bye, guys. As always, thank you to Ranch Rider Spirits for being the official beverage of the Austin All Day Podcast. Pick up the Chilton Tequila Paloma or the Ranch Water. And stay tuned next week to hear from Michael Simmons from Meridian Hive. You're going to love it. Thank you.